Hey guys, Avery Carl from The Short-Term Shop here. I wanted to welcome you into our 10 episode deep dive on the Outer Banks and Carolina Beach, but also to let you know that we have some supplemental materials to this on our website for you guys. It's called theshorttermshop.com. And there we have a section where you can look at properties in these markets, see what the current purchase prices are. You can set it up to save a search for you and email you anytime a new property in those markets in your price range comes out. We also have the AirDNA data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA for this market. So you can use those two things to analyze. We've got a calculator for you there too, to help tie it all together. And if you guys are ready to maybe start talking to an agent in this market, you can email us at agents at the shop.com and we will connect you to our expert agents in this market. Or maybe you're not ready to do that, but you just want to hang out with us more. And that's cool because we want to hang out with you too. And we have a Facebook community where you can do that. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same title as my book. And it's just a community of 60,000 of our closest friends who are sharing best practices and just kind of hanging out with other real estate investors. So it's pretty cool. And we hope to see you over there. And last but not least, if you have questions, you want to talk to a real person like myself, it will be myself actually and Luke. Uh, we have an open office hours every Thursday, and you can sign up for that at strquestions.com. And you can ask us any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. But now we'll get to the episode. Short-term show special episodes talking about the uh, beaches of North Carolina. And uh, today we're going to cover uh, expenses. Uh, what's it take to get this thing off the ground and uh, monthly nut and all the, all the things that go uh, with renting a vacation home on the beach uh, in the uh, eastern United States uh, in the great state of North Carolina. So uh, Meg is here uh, in the Outer Banks. Joe is here on all of the other beaches from the Outer <laughs> Banks down to uh, basically to Myrtle Beach. Um, <laughs> yep. To the, to the state line. And then uh, we've got a, an insurance expert with us here today. Uh, Scott, whose family's been in the insurance bid business on the North Carolina coast for many years. Uh, but uh, let's get started with uh, just little stuff, guys. You know, uh, electric bill, cable, internet. Um, and, uh, you know, what What can I expect? I would assume in the summertime, I'm getting hit with that um, in a house right now, coming out of, we're recording this in late summer, early fall, 23. Um, huge electric bills in the summertime. So, um, I guess, uh, you know, what are we looking at for an electric bill and how, does the house generally have like one HVAC per floor or that kind of thing? Uh, either one of you can, anybody want to go on that subject? We yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So basically, um, it, it's similar to like, if you look in your mountain markets, wherever the, uh, it starts getting cold in the winter and they start peaking the same thing here with us in the summer, everyone's cranking their AC units and depending on the size of your property, it can be anywhere from. 200, I'd say all the way up to 600 if you've got a larger property that's got older HVACs and whatnot. But um, it is typical to have with our multi-story buildings to have HVACs for each floor. Um, but you can also have some that are just single for the whole thing. They have the split systems inside. But the uh, yeah, be prepared for some spikes in your electricity here, especially as we're getting here in August. I know you guys know it's been brutally hot this summer. Um, but it just kicked up in August, which has been interesting. Meg, did you, you were, had something to say there. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I agree with Joe. You know, we talked last week or I think an episode or two ago about um, how we have the reverse floor plans. And so when you, and like Joe said, when you have multiple levels, you will have, you know, dual units um, covering each of the floors. And 
which is great. I mean, it's, I guess it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, people are going to leave the screen doors open and your HVAC is going to be running and they're going to, you know, bump the AC down in those, you know, those hot summer months. Um, but you know, your, your typical beach boxes, you'll just have one unit. Yeah. I've got a couple of tricks there. There, there actually is a thermostat or two. Um, Ecobee has actually a, f a function that you can connect to your doors that can tell when it's open. Um, and um, train, um, which they're not a thermostat company, they're the HVAC company, but they have that functionality as well. I feel like at some point, maybe Honeywell and the and the big guys will will start to dabble in that space. Um, I don't uh, take it that far on my beach houses. I I here's what I do. Here's a little trick. I I buy um I go to like Zazzle, you know, and get uh, door hangers like in a hotel uh, that say you know please please clean this room, do not disturb. And I put them uh, and mine say, if you leave the door open, the air conditioner will turn off. Oh. Um, and I hang them on all the doors in the house, uh, whether it works or not. I'll be honest with you. I don't know because I'm not really like the ultra micromanagey guy. Um, so I, I wouldn't really have a way to know whether they're closing them or not, other than checking the electric bill. And by that point, you know, it's, it's too late. Have you guys seen, um, do they offer uh, in your market? Sometimes we see, where you can spread the electric bill out over the course of a year. So it's the same every month. Have you ever seen that or, or no? We have Dominion Power um, or Dominion Energy. I think that's what they're called now um, here. And they they did offer that where you yeah, can okay. make it down. So you're not having these huge spikes in the summer months or winter months if it's cold. Yeah, we've got the same here if you want to go that route. But um, mm -hmm. I uh, I also have a little hack there too, Luke. Like go ahead, the, let's uh, go. I love keeping it. Keeping people from doing it. <laughs> I like to take the screens out of my windows so that my guests won't open it because we got bugs around here. And uh, uh, it, it keeps people from uh, leaving the doors open. Now, when they do, I get a ton of bugs in the house. So that sometimes still happens. But uh, it seemed to be a pretty good deterrent for keeping people from opening my windows. Completely off topic. Now, uh, I was just in San Diego where the weather is freaking perfect all the time my 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 brother-in-law is a, a, a navy seal and he's stationed he's in coronado right now but uh, uh we went and visited uh the whole family rented a rented a house um uh what's the name of the beach there um uh, the one a little bit north of town anyway um the houses none of the houses have hvac so this really wouldn't work there but um uh the uh there are also no bugs so like every house just has the windows wide open and the doors wide open and it's like paradise I blew my freaking mind. Uh, but my brother-in-law said uh, his house actually did have HVAC. Again, way off topic. Um, most of them did not. Even I mean, the place we stayed in, we looked it up. It was probably a $2.5 million property, which out there is not. I mean, that's like kind of bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, it was a nice home. It was okay. But uh, the, the house my brother-in-law lives in uh, does have HVAC, HVAC, but it, all his windows were open. I'm like, what's up with that? You know, I live in Florida. That is unheard of down here, you know? So he's like, we can't, we can't turn the air conditioner on. And I'm like, why? He's like, cause they spike it based on time of day. So at one o'clock in the afternoon, when you actually need the HVAC, the electric, uh, like per kilowatt or whatever it is, is so high that you can't even use it. So again, way off topic, just, uh, you know, I guess a little, uh, uh, exploratory and knowing your market, but I love that, uh, Joe. If you've got some bugs, that that probably would work. Good, good tip there. Um, but uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, what about cable internet? Um, what are you guys seeing? Do, do we use it? You know, what uh, are there different companies to choose from? All that kind of stuff. There are a couple different um, 
packages that you can get. You can do cable and internet together. Uh, the trend here really does seem to be people are not using cable anymore. They're getting smart TVs. Everything's running off of Wi-Fi. So depending on which which part of the beach uh, where you are and which access you have to, to that cable company um, is who you'll choose. And, and typically buyers often just kind of take over the seller's account is to transition them. Are there any areas that you can't get Wi-Fi or it's crappy Wi-Fi to your knowledge? Not not here. I think it's pretty pretty broad. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Joe, yeah. um, any thoughts on internet? Same down here. It's um we've got it pretty much across all the different beaches that we're covering. Um and there's typically a couple different service providers, normally ATT or Spectrum. And um, I mean, we same trends here, like most people are switching to smart TVs. And if they do have smart TVs and they want to provide some type of cable, they're doing like a online streaming service now anyway. So it's yeah, uh, less agree. and less with the actual cable boxes. How much am I looking at for internet? Uh, for a, if I, Can I get a thousand megabits per second and how much is it? Yeah, you can get a thousand. Um, I normally go with the 250 on mine and I just have really beefed up routers. And so I'm paying 50 bucks a month. And uh I mean, I've got one property that streams six units on one router and uh, six TVs, everybody's phones, whole nine yards and don't have any problems. At 250 megabits for the whole building? For the whole building. Wow. Look at you. Just get, and you're getting away I with buy it. Like the, no problems. Nope. I buy like the nope. $500 router. I get the big Orbeez, the ones that I can like just blast it like crazy. Do but, you do um, mesh also or just the big the big router? It's the mesh. So I've got the mesh routers placed throughout. How but, many um, of them in the whole building? Just three. Okay. Cool. Orbi. I'm not. I'm not familiar with those. We use. Um, uh, I'd have to look at it. I can't remember the Amazon ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar. This is the Netgear version. Netgear. Mm-hmm. We have the same thing, Joe. It's it is yep. a pretty fabulous system once you get Eero. it get it up and running. Eero. That's the one I'm using. Um, which I have no complaints with. I like them, and you can put uh, multiple houses on one app. It's almost like a Schlag or Ring. They're all just right there. Um, but, uh, okay, cool. So, um, uh, 59 bucks, is that what you said for internet? Uh, <laughs> yeah, 50, it jumps up to like 75, um, after like a year, they always give that yeah. promo to get you locked in. Um, uh, <laughs> but man, you can go as high as you want. You can get a thousand megs if you want. I'm sure it's probably 200 bucks or so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Same uh, on the outer banks. Ditto everything that Joe said. All right. Gas. Are we, uh, do we have gas in the homes uh, or no? On the other banks, you will find houses um, with with gas, uh, gas stoves, um, fireplaces is really where you're going to see it. But then some people have like the tankless, you know, hot water heaters and and those can run on propane. Um, There is an interesting thing now on the offer to purchase. There's a, a specific area that that addresses whether or not you there is a, a tank, any tanks, whether or not they're leased. I mean, so that whole thing about the the gas that's been paid for that are in the tanks, like those are supposed to convey. And it's it they really have broken it down in that offer to purchase so that there's no confusion about who the tanks belong to, if there actually are any tanks, what is running on the tanks. Um, it's very, very well addressed in the offer now. And that's new. That just started, what, Joe, June? Maybe they changed it or July. They changed the offer, the, anyway, the 2T. But recently, yeah. only in the last couple of months, did they did they update that? We don't have any like a uh, utility company, though, that's like providing it. So we don't have like natural gas lines. We don't have like um, propane coming from any like large city utility, at least not down here in ours. Um, anyone who does have gas, they're paying for their own individual tanks or they're renting tanks. And um, I'm going to be honest, it's pretty rare in my like area that I'm seeing. Uh, it's just if someone wanted 
it, it's a want, not necessarily a need in this area. If you wanted to have the gas appliances or if you wanted to run it that way, a lot of people have like home generators that they want to have it all hooked up to in case we have a big storm. So if we lose power, they can still run all their stuff and whatnot. And so if anyone has it, it's uh, been purposely put in. Actually, let me back up uh, now that you mentioned that. What about heat? Um, how much heat is being used? And is that why somebody would put propane in? No, I don't know about most- Joe's market, but I mean, fireplaces are kind of a big deal here. People like to have them. A lot of the houses here have gas fireplaces. Um, so I would say that that's the primary. And then once, if they have that installed, they might just go ahead and hook up a line so that they can have a, a gas stove. Um, I don't know, Joe, what's okay. your market like with the, yeah, do you guys uh, we do have it. It's just not as common down yeah. here. And but so I'm, what I'm um, saying is, is how often is the heater running and your does it get cold? It will in the winter, but also that's kind of when your property's not being rented anyway. And so unless you're using it personally, it's like, you got to think of our markets kind of as a bell curve of. You've got really, really low bookings all the way up until the peak of the summer, and then it's kind of coming back down. And so when it actually is cold, you don't have anyone in your property, so you can set your thermostat to 50, 55, just to make sure that it's maintaining the house. But um, especially with these larger properties, like you're not really going to be renting it in the off season unless you have right. like an occasional person coming through for a holiday or something like that. But uh, I mean, most of our HVACs around here, they're all um, electric. But out, out of curiosity, the, you know, the prime, you, you guys live there. So primary home in the wintertime, is it more expensive or does it really just not get cold enough to, to, to bother? It, we run our heat in the winter. It's, yeah. it is cold here. Mm-hmm, I would say, um, you know, that kind of brings up one point that's not necessarily quite off topic, but, um, when it's going to get below freezing, you got to leave your water dripping. Yeah. Um, for sure, because your pipes will freeze, they'll bust. Um, that's a that is kind of a, a thing here that you know we when they talk about those nights that get really cold, you know, to keep, you got to keep a pipe or, or a faucet or two um, dripping. Perfect segue into maintenance in general. So, what are we looking at there as far as things breaking? Uh, you know, uh, average, you know, maybe a hour for a handyman prices there. What are, you know, just. Uh, landscaping, all that kind of stuff. I got this. How how much are you paying a a handyman to show up and change a flapper in a toilet? You know what I mean? Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. um, Just to get them out there, it's about 125 bucks, I'd say. Um, Somewhere in that 100, 125. And then they're going to charge you 50, 75 an hour, I'd say. To have a good, reliable handyman that's going to show up when they tell you they're going to show up and do good work you're going to be paying 50, 75 bucks an say, hour. And get them out there. Are they coming from town? Um, it, it's more of just getting anyone to show up in general. Um, right. But uh, like a reliable handyman. Um, we've got them here on the island. And it also depends on which island you're on of where um, you're going to have more options coming from. So like if you're here in Carolina Beach, like we've got people who physically live on Carolina Beach who are great. We also were 15 minutes from Wilmington. If you're up in Surf City, people are probably going to be coming from Jacksonville um, not as many full-time residents there. And then if you've got people, um, up in Emerald Isle or Atlantic beach, they're probably coming from Moorhead city. Um, and that's where you're going to have your majority of people, um, just a, a better pool of contractors to pull from. Right. The contractors here seem to be pretty spread out. Like they have their specialists. So you, you can find handy men that can do, do it all. Um, you know, some aren't licensed, so you kind of just have to have to vet them and see if these are people you trust, get some references to them. But, you know, we we they are here on the beach. They're all up and down um, from, you know, Kerala down to Ocracoke and Hatteras. And um, 
But I would say, you know, you definitely want to get a good one built up on your team, you know, kind of like your cleaner, like it's nice to have a handyman. Um, and they, they are here. Okay. And, and um, what about uh, things that are caused by being on the water? Are we seeing more rust? Uh, are HVACs lasting less time? You want to speak about that for a minute? Get it, Meg. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So yes, the, obviously the properties that are built here, they are built in to, to withstand the materials that are being used obviously are for salt and wind. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, when you're getting your roof replaced now, it's a really good idea to get a fortified roof. And that's actually might be something that Scott might be able to speak to, um, when we, when we get to insurance, um, but you know, like your windows and things, you know, they eventually over time are going to need to be replaced. Your sliding glass doors will need to be replaced. It's just, you know, things get wet. You've got driving winds that your rain is going sideways, beating up against your house. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, the inland, you're not going to see things, things don't last quite as long, but again, the materials that are used here for coastal building, uh, they're going to be different also. So 100%. And so it's, it really depends too. It's like, you can see if a house just has a straight view of the ocean and there's wind blowing at it, those HVACs are just going to get tore up. I mean, like even just having physical houses blocking some of that salt from coming to them helps long-term. Like I've got a HVAC on my primary residence. I'm six blocks back from the beach and it's 20 years old. It's rocking and rolling. I'm a happy camper. It's not covered in rust. But um, I've got another property that's, you know, half a block from the beach and my HVACs will burn out in 10 years ish mm. is kind of where they last. And yep. so it just depends on how they're getting blasted. I tell everyone, hey, just plan on 10 years. If you get 15, that's awesome. But um, you're at the beach. It's salt yeah. water. Yeah, it's the same for me. Again, I'm, I live in a different beach. and uh, But uh, man, I was the other day I was at a, a condo on the water uh, checking on something uh, for, for a client and I was like, man, this thing is like completely just clobbered with moisture and salt, you know? And, and then I went home and I was, I was, uh, looking at the deadbolt. The deadbolt was having issues. It was a friend of mine. And, um, uh, so I opened up his deadbolt and water just fell out of it, you know? And I came home and I'm looking at my, I have the exact same deadbolt at my house, which I'm only one row back. And, uh, my, my deadbolt is like totally fine. I'm like, nothing, nothing's ever been wrong with it. And just that little bit of barrier, it makes a huge difference. Here's another one. I have a house on the water on the in uh, again in Florida, different market. Um, and it does have it has like a tri and a duplex in front of it. Um, but the water, you know, it's right there on the water, basically. Uh, there's no road in between me and the and the road and the water. And those HVACs are trashed, like trashed. Uh, here's a good tip that I heard actually from my HVAC guy in that market. He said, if you uh, dig a well, like you would for, for watering your grass, which of course, and this, this house does not have grass. I mean, it's sand, you know? So, uh, but he's like, dude, if you dig a little well, you know, you only have to go, you only have to go like 25, 30 feet because you know, you're, you're on the beach um, and shoot the, the water at the HVAC units, like a, like a, basically a sprinkler head, like those little mister ones that you would put on a flower bed. He said, shoot those at your HVAC. It washes all the salt off of it every day. It'll last twice as long. And I'm like, damn, that's a pretty good idea because to drill a well is not that much, you know, maybe a couple of grand and, and then it would, you could continue to use that. I don't, don't quote me on that number. I haven't drilled a well in a while. And this is not a drinking well. Uh, also for anybody listening to this, not a drinking well, this is just a water your lawn well. 
but uh, I didn't do I didn't end up doing it, but I thought it was a pretty brilliant idea to, to have it be sprayed off, you know, put it on a timer once a day, twice a day. Um, but anyway, um, so how long, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Joe, what's the last HVAC you replaced? How big was it? What did it cost you? Mm, last HVAC I replaced was a two and a half ton. And I think we went with a carrier, um, either that or a ream, but it was 5,800, 6,000, mm-hmm. right around that mark. I know they've gone up since then. I think it's about 7,500 now for the same equipment. So that was about a year ago. Yeah, they, I'm getting around 7,500 for like a three ton, give or take, mm-hmm. and it blows my mind when I get those bills. You know, I'm like, what in the hell happened? Uh, it's crazy what's out there, you know. But it's like that with everything in, in life. It's the same thing with insurance, uh, which we're about to get to here. And uh, I mean, and, and and I have a hard time with it. But then when you go when you go buy a Subway sandwich and they charge you seventeen dollars, you're like, oh wait a minute, uh, it everything in life. <laughs> is more expensive and we just got to get used to that the dollar is uh is not what it used to be so let's let what perfect segue in let's go scott uh let's talk uh, insurance uh we we uh we have an insurance expert on the on the call so uh and this is a, a very broad topic being coastal here so if you just want to give us a speech on on the subject we're we are all ears sure be glad to um talking about the Increase in costs and things of that nature is probably a great place to start. Most people's homes are worth more now than they've ever been. And when we go through and we're looking at our, our clients' homes, a lot of times the inflation factor on the, the policies itself have, have always increased a little bit each year to try to keep up with rising costs of building materials, uh, construction costs, things of that nature. Uh, what we're seeing right now is some of those are not keeping up. Especially since 2020, um, the the cost of building materials, the cost of labor, um, your appliances, things of that nature. So one of the things we're doing right now is going through and making sure that people understand, yeah, we, we may have to look at increasing the value of your home. But the value of your home has greatly increased over the past three years as well. So it's one of the one of the conversations that we're starting out with with a lot of our folks right now given the inflationary market and what things are costing to uh, to rebuild a home. I know one of y'all mentioned freezing pipes Lisa, earlier in the show about talking about maintenance. Um, fortunately enough, insurance does cover those kind of things, but it's still a great idea to make sure that you're properly maintaining your home. It's not being used. We recommend people turn the water off um, to their home. No reason for it to be on. And if there is a, uh, an issue, a hot water heater bust or a line going to the toilet breaks, um, and you're not there for a month, it can create a lot of damage um, overall. And then I think the third thing I heard mentioned was a fortified roof. Um, the North Carolina Insurance Underwriting Association, um, in which if people have properties in North Carolina on the coast, they probably either have all of it with them or at least the wind insurance with them. They are offering a fortified roof grant that I believe I heard opened up opens up the first of September, um, where they will actually pay it's either six or eight thousand dollars. They're trying to get it changed in the legislature um, to offset the cost of having a fortified roof put on versus just your standard, you know, three tab or architectural scene. Okay, uh, Scott, I'm going to go way broad spectrum here. Uh, just a low hanging fruit question. Uh, last couple of policies you ran, what am I looking at? How big were those houses, and what did they cost? Uh, we're having to go through and remarket a lot of our book right now. Um, so on average, we're probably requoting four hundred and fifty to six hundred thousand dollars homes on average. Um, 
that's probably running five thousand to six thousand dollars for that size of, of property. I would say uh, if you've got a hundred thousand dollars worth of coverage on the home, and what we look at is replacement cost of the home, not market value or tax value. We look at what it would cost to rebuild the home if it's totally destroyed. Um, so if you take a hundred thousand dollars of coverage, you can probably figure fourteen to fifteen hundred dollars of insurance for every hundred thousand. Uh, what carriers are you having success with right now? On the coast, um, like the, the actual barrier island right now, um, Allstate is our top go-to for writing property. Uh, we're using a lot of NCIUA for our wind and hail coverage. Almost probably 100% of our coverage is going to them for the wind. Allstate, when they write a policy, they exclude the wind. And then we have to write the wind and hail with another, uh, with another carrier. Um, there are other other carriers that will do business out here, but your main ones, your nationwides, your state farms, um, auto owners, companies of that nature, uh, they're not, they're just not doing business that fast. So stay away from those larger, uh, the ones that uh, are their own carrier, basically, is what you're saying. Well, they, I mean, as, as an independent agent, we can, we can write with a lot of different carriers, but for the most part, those larger carriers, uh, I, I can speak specifically to nationwide. We, we've represented Nationwide in our family since 1984, but they haven't written a homeowner's policy on a beach property, an Outer Banks property, in probably 12 to 15 years. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, where, where, where do you see the state of uh, insurance in your market? How much has it gone up? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have a percentage or something over the past couple of years and uh uh, is it going to continue to go up? It, it will continue to go up. The insurance companies purchase reinsurance to cover their losses. Um, and the reinsurance is a big driver of insurance rates. And uh, I know speaking to some of our carriers, the reinsurance has, has doubled or tripled in price. And so a lot of that is going to be reflected in the price that we pay to the insurance companies. Um, losses are higher. Almost every carrier is losing money on property insurance. Um, so I would expect to see prices of insurance continue to climb. Um, Percentage-wise, we've, we've probably averaged a 20% increase every year for um, two to three years. Uh, when Reinsurance, explain that to me like I'm three years old. Um, it's basically the insurance company. Well, I've, I've used Nationwide earlier. Nationwide will buy insurance from another company to offset their losses if they have a massive loss. So they have to keep a certain amount of money in retention to start out the claim, but it's kind of like a deductible. They have their own retention, which would be their deductible. And then they also have reinsurance, which helps offset their larger losses. So like a Hurricane Ian in Florida, something like that were to come through and it eats through their reserves, then they have uh, reinsurance to cover those. It's insurance for insurance companies. Do you blame this on the $13 trillion that the government printed and, um, uh, you know, inflation? It doesn't help. I mean, you know, uh, the, the cost, you know, two by four used to be four or $5 and now they're 12 or whatever they got up to and a sheet of plywood was at $75 at one point. Um, trying to rebuild a home gets to be very expensive. And, you know, when the insurance company looks at uh, repairing or re rebuilding a property, they have to take that into account. Well, hopefully the interest rate hikes that have grinded everything to a halt will do the same for insurance uh, premiums. Uh, uh, Joe and uh, Meg both had excellent questions. I'll just go ahead and take them there, but uh, uh, just for ease of use. 
Um, is there a difference between um, first tier and second tier? Right on the water, sec, you know, one street back, three streets back, etc. Uh, on average, I would say no. For the most part, there's not. There are some carriers that do have a distance to the water uh, guideline as far as whether you can write with them or not. But rate wise, there's no there's no difference with carriers if you're closer to the water. Uh, not the ones that we typically see. Yeah, I got a, a little bit of a question on that though. Um, so from like the price point standpoint of coming in on like, like an oceanfront might be like 1.6 and uh, the uh, next one might be like eight, 900,000. Like I've noticed that whenever I'm getting like one of these larger ones, oceanfront done that the rates are almost double of what I'm seeing, which um, doesn't always necessarily make total sense to me. Are you seeing that kind of in your market from the insurance wise? Uh, I'm not, but typically the homes along the oceanfront, are larger than the ones, you know, that would be your second row or third row back. Mm. Um, so just in general, I think the, the values are higher there, which would lead to the cost being higher. But there shouldn't be a, a difference in rate from first row or second row. Uh, gotcha. On average, there may be with some random carrier somewhere, but on average, that's not going to be the case. So Scott, um, the short-term shop, we you know work predominantly with people who are buying um investment properties or second homes that they plan to to rent out when they're not using them. Um, what kind of policies do you recommend they carry on their properties? We always try to quote a, a homeowner's package if we can. Um, a homeowner's package is a uh, kind of like more of an all-encompassing uh, policy where they cover a lot of uh, different items that you don't get on more of what we would call a dwelling. So those are the two policies that we typically would see, uh, homeowners versus a dwelling. Um, the advantages of homeowners will give you some additional coverages that the dwelling policy doesn't. So that's always our first uh, our first go is to try and do a quote through a, a carrier that will write a homeowners. And a lot of carriers will do seasonal rental homes like we, we have a lot of up here, um, but they don't want it to be year round. So some of them will say we'll write 20, up to 26 weeks of rental, we'll write up to 30 weeks of rental. So those are questions that we have to ask when we're going through our interview process. All right. So um, like liability, rental insurance or those things, you know, what where what's your stance on those for for these folks? That's one of the reasons we really do like the homeowners because the liability coverage for the property is included under homeowners where we have to go out and write a separate policy for liability under a dwelling policy. Um, we always recommend um, liability coverage for clients. Plus, most of the property management companies right now are requiring a million on their contracts anyway. So whether we suggested it or not, most people are, are going to be required to carry it based on their whoever they're using for the property management. Okay. Um, just to recap, we're looking at somewhere, I think you, the number that you mentioned was four to 6,000 uh, for kind of an average size home. Uh, somewhere in that ballpark is going to be pretty average. It really is. Um, I, I have seen rates as high as 30,000 on some of your really large, you know, 18, 20 bedroom houses. But those are th those are not the, the norm, although it's getting to be uh, in some some areas. All right. Well, listen, those rates sound great compared to where I live. So uh, uh, that's wonderful. Um, all right. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll revisit that subject here at the end of the uh, program. Let's talk now cleaners, uh, cleaning expenses, uh, I guess, um, you know, we'll talk about how to find them and, and things in a later episode for, for right now. Let's stick to, uh, as much as we can, 
how much is it going to cost me? Uh, Joe, what are, what are you paying for a small one, big one, et cetera? Uh, small ones, I'm paying typically somewhere between 100 and $150 a turn. And that mm. includes laundry, things like that. Um, but that's a one bedroom or two bedroom. So those are my really small ones. Um, but I'm seeing all the way up to the larger properties, three bedroom, four bedroom, the $300 to $400 mark, just depending on how many additional um, linens they're going to have and bedrooms and whatnot. And so that, that's pretty average on my market. Um, and you're always going to find people that kind of fall anywhere in between. It, it also depends on if you're going with like an actual cleaning company that's got crews or if you're using someone like a Friday cleaner, someone who's kind of doing it on the side that only has a handful of them that are picked up and they both have their pros and cons across the board. I, I use both and I love them all. Are they hard to find? I, well, again, just briefly, cause we're going to cover that next week, but uh, hard to find a cleaner. Not hard if you're willing to do the work. So yeah. it's really easy to find a really bad cleaner Got it. and it's really hard to find a really great cleaner. And then there's the whole spectrum in right. between, okay. but it, we will dive deep into that uh, on a on a on a future podcast. Meg, what are we looking at for pricing uh, on your in your market? Do you do you even have too many smaller properties in your area? Uh, and what am I looking at for cleaning? Fees? Yeah, no, we've got a lot of you know three twos here. Um, I mean, that's probably going to run to you between two and two fifty, probably two fifty two seventy five. Um, your bigger houses, you're you know much like Joe, can probably see pricing up in around four hundred. Um, the cleaners who I have on my list, um, are independent. They're not with a big cleaning company, but they do have, you know, several members on their team. And like Joe said, uh, well, I don't, you didn't say, but if you, you know, we've got clean, uh, laundry that you can outsource if you want to do that separately, but you know, our cleaners here, they do anticipate, um, that they'll be doing, you know, laundry towels and, and linens as well. Okay. I, uh, I have a story. Uh, yesterday, I had somebody reach out to me and said, I'm looking for a new cleaner. This was in the mountains. And they said, uh, we went back and forth a few times. Uh, and she said she did not want a mom and pop. She wanted a company. And she told me who she was with. And I said, uh, I don't know if you realize how small this town is, but you are with the only company that exists around here. Um, and she's like, well, I can't afford them anymore. They're too expensive. Blah, blah, blah. We went back and forth. I looked at her listings. She was charging, I would say, probably about two-thirds more than what she should have been charging and not getting any bookings because of it. And she was she decided to blame that on her cleaning fee. Um, so, you know, uh, it's just you just never you never know uh, what what might be going through somebody's head. This has the way off topic uh, as, I, as we tend to get around here. But, uh, you know, um, in other words, be diligent in the entire process and make sure that uh, things are firing on all cylinders. And if I may, I'm going to go ahead and plug my own podcast, which is short-term rental management. Check out my podcast. We cover that subject in, in depth every week. Um, okay. So uh, uh, HOAs, uh, what are we looking at on an HOA fee? Are there expensive ones, cheap ones? Uh, are there no HOAs? All that kind of stuff. Uh, Joe, go. <laughs> there is such a large spectrum between it, just depending on the asset class you're going with. If you're getting a condo, townhouse, or a single family home, very few neighborhoods in my markets with HOAs or just with single family homes. Um, there's a few of them. They tend to be a little less expensive and have like a pool and whatnot. Some of them are even optional, um, which is very interesting. But the condos, um, they're going to fall somewhere depending on what amenities they provide in that three to $6,000 a year kind of range. I know it's kind of wide. 
But um, we don't have a ton of like the resort HOAs um, where they have like all the pools and all the fancy things. We got a couple of those in Topsail, but their HOA fees are in the $10,000 plus range. And so uh, it's hard to make some of those ones cash flow, but there's a uh, just a wide variety of it. There's fewer for the large single family homes. Most of the large single family homes are um, not in HOAs. What do you mean? Did you say $10,000? Yeah, we got a couple of resorts up in uh, North Topsail that have $10,000 plus HOAs. We got one in Curry Beach and they um, they provide everything except the kitchen sink, but um, I, I just don't see them produce typically. But that is uh, an annual, obviously. That's a little yes, less, yes, yes, less, than, less than $100 a month. Um, and, and they're, awesome. that's, they're probably offering some really cool stuff, uh, swimming pools and jacuzzis and everything, right? Oh yeah. But it's uh, like $1,200 a month. Oh, tw- I, well, I, I didn't come ready to do math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yes, they did. They come with all that. If you're good at marketing your listing, you can really like push those, but I haven't seen a lot of high producers in those ones, but, um, there's always the potential. There's a lot of potential in our market across the board. Uh, and Joe, in my defense, 1,200 times 12 is 14,400. So oh, goodness. I right. I'm so off. I was right. I was right. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Meg, what about you? How many, do you have many HOAs? Are they are large pockets of HOAs? And what can I expect to, to pay there? Your condos are going to have HOAs. Um, you know, some of those condos will have a pool amenity um, with it. Some do not. Um, but you know, those, those HOAs keep in mind people when you're, when you're looking at these and you're hearing about HOAs, a lot of that's going to be, you know, it's going to, some of your insurance is going to be covered. Your, your, um, your shared spaces are going to be covered. So it, it does cover a lot of the things that, you know, you, you would be paying out of pocket for yourself if you had your own house. So don't let the number of an HOA scare you too badly. Um, it's going to, you know, if you've got a pool, it's going to attract your guests to come rent your place over others that don't have a pool. Um, but I would say for your condos, you're seeing anywhere from probably 2,500 in some of the more upscale places, you know, it could be up as high as 8,000. Um, some of the condos have marinas that are also go along uh, with their, with your with your either townhouse or your unit. Um, so you'll have this, there are subdivisions also here, you know, the Currituck Club, um, and then down in Manio, we've got, uh, not Manio, it's Nags Head, um, completely blanking on that subdivision. Pirates, Pirates Way, Pirate, what is that? Pirates Cove. Pirates Cove. Thank you. All that has the huge marina. Those are going to be a little bit more expensive, but you know, in that one, you've got, you know, the lovely clubhouse and the, and you've got a pool and you've got restaurants and there's a lot to do that they have get togethers and, um, and then there's another up in Kurtuk Clubs up in Kurtuk and it, but they, and it's expensive. So Kurtuk Club, there's at least one HOA fee you're going to pay, but depending on what part of that, they've got subdivisions within that subdivision that you'll have an additional HOA fee. So those can actually get up there probably close to 10, if not even maybe a little bit over. Um, but again, clubhouses, pools, secondary pools. They've got a whole shuttle system that will take you to the beach, drop you off at your house. I mean, it's, they've got some pretty cool features that do, do cover those fees. Either of you have areas with no HOA. Very common, very common to have no HOA at all. Most of it. Okay. Um, then back to the pools. Let's say I have my own pool. Uh, how much is a pool guy going to cost me? Um, and how often does he come? Probably weekly during the season, um, looking at probably 150 to 200. A week or yeah. a month? A, a week. Okay. And that's with a hot tub too. I would I would say that includes the hot tub, which are also you know pretty big here on the Outer Banks. 
about the same here. Um, once or twice a week, they're going to show up and uh, it's going to be somewhere in that 350 to 450 a month range. Yeah, that's the same thing I have in a different state. I, I do my pool twice. I have one pool. Uh, I do it twice a week because I want my pool to be twice as clean as everybody else. Um, and it costs me about 350 a month um, down here as well. So, okay, cool. Um, any kind of road maintenance? Uh, do, you, do your roads a road? Are you in charge of the road? Does the county or the city handle the road? Uh, are there any expenses there? Uh, Meg? No, the county and the state are going to are gonna cover that mostly. Um, it, you know, of course, we would look to see if they're private roads, but those those are so far and few between. I've, I've actually never run across, you know, someone needing to do their own road maintenance. Okay. Uh, Joe? It's an incredible question, and it depends on the beach, and you just need to be aware. If it is a private road, you own it. You're going to have to work with your neighbors. We've got a lot of that um, up in Topsail, and, uh, and that's a very popular one. Um, this is one of our more affordable um, beaches here, and it you just have to know because some of them are run really well. They've got like an HOA board and they've got it. They're putting aside money for it, and they've got other ones. They're like, yeah, we have a problem. We'll fix it. And uh it's just you need to be aware of if it's a private road or not. I'm closing on one actually this week. Uh, that's a private road, and um, they run it pretty well. They've got a, a group that's paying attention and whatnot. But it is common in a couple of our beaches here, so just be prepared and understand that if you guys are on the road, you will be responsible for fixing it. So, and what's uh, the deal there? Is it a gravel road and it gets big potholes and things? It depends on who the builder was. Some of the builders came in and paved it, made it super nice. It makes it look like a county road and it's not. And so that's going to be a lot more expensive to maintain farther down the road. Um, it just, it depends on the condition of it. And so um, a lot of them are gravel and if they're gravel, they're a lot less expensive to maintain. Right. Unless you let it go for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to redo the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, a gravel road we had to redo recently and it was really expensive because it had been, I mean, it just went down the tubes. I mean, it got to the point where the, the trash company would not drive down it anymore. Um, they said, you're going to have to pull the, and the, the roads are like way up there. Um, you're going to have to pull your trash cans to the main road because we're not going down that road anymore. So we all had to get together. Um, and that is rare, you know, but, uh, but just something to be aware of. Okay. Anything else we missed on, uh, expenses, uh, anything, Scott, if you, if you had anything, uh, that you wanted to recap, uh, as far as insurance. I, I, uh, I can't think of anything right offhand, but I do appreciate the opportunity to, to sit and visit. And, uh, okay, great. Yeah. How do we find you? What's the name of your company? It's Weatherly Insurance. Uh, we can be found online at www.obxw.com. Obxw.com. Wonderful. Uh, guys, did we miss anything? Yes, I've got a couple things. Um, your mow when you get your when you get your lawn mowed, you're probably looking at like seventy, maybe seventy a mow, eighty a mow. Um, also, real quickly, want to touch on special assessments. Um, you are going to run into those. They will always be um, disclosed at the time of your offer, and as you're looking into making your offer, um, the biggest special assessment that you'll run into here on the Outer Banks is going to be the beach erosion. Um, it's going to depend on the township that you live in. A lot of the taxes that the occupancy tax that is paid by homeowners here goes towards the beach erosion. But there are some townships that do either they come back in and do an extra fill or do it more frequently than what the county provides. Um, so just be aware that some townships do do require special assessments. Sometimes they've already been paid by the seller it just kind of depends on what time of year you're you're they're they're drafting or that you're buying so just something to think about as well wonderful all right well we will be we will return very soon with our uh, fifth episode on the Carolina Beach market
markets for building your buying team. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. On behalf of the short-term shop, the short-term show, Joe Perlman, Meg, uh, don't overthink it. (laughs) 